Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Folks, I'm thrilled to welcome my guest today, Lindsay Kaplan, someone whose career I've been admiring from afar. And I am blown away by what her and her co-founder, Carolyn Childers, have built with Chief, the private network designed to connect and support women in executive leadership roles. And I look to my LinkedIn network and 38 of my close female leader connections are involved, 38. That's incredible. Some that I consider personal friends as well, including Claude Silver, Dea Fisher, and Sarah Mole. And I'm excited to unpack the story of Chief and Lindsay's career learnings that have led to this point. So let's get to it. Lindsay Kaplan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And we were chatting before. There's just so it's so funny playing like the the six degrees of uh, of, of New York and. Um, Lindsay's currently in, in, in Hopewell Junction, which I spent many summers at, and it's just, it's just a small world. It's a small world full of Jewish summer camp connections. Right, it's the, it's the Jewish summer camp <laughs> game that I've lived my entire life. So let's get to it right here. And, you know, as I was telling you earlier, this show is really about, you know, unpacking those career stories, those lessons, those early lessons that lead to where we are today. And we look back at the early part of your career, and similar to mine in advertising and media space, you worked at Time Out New York, Elle Magazine, Publicist. What were some of those key early lessons learned that really shaped who you are today and where it got to you today? Yeah, great question. So I graduated uh, with a degree in English Lit and Creative Writing. Um, no internship. It just it didn't seem like a necessity at the time to have an internship. And so I started interviewing in New York as a 22-year-old fresh out of college with no work experience um, and was really lucky to land a job as a temp at Oxford University Press. Um, and I remember interviewing with an editor and this guy stuck his head into the interview and he introduced himself to me as the head of publicity. He was like, kid, you talk a lot. You should really, you should really do marketing or publicity. Like you don't want to do this editorial crap. Um, and that man, Christian Purdy from Oxford University Press, really understood that I love to talk. I love to tell stories. And um, I thought as a writer that meant I should be an editorial. But man, you spend a lot of time just sitting there, you know, pen in hand by yourself. It's quite solitary mm. uh, job. And so. Um, really had my first job as a publicity assistant at OUP, working on books, um, and realized how much I loved telling stories, how much I loved collaborating with people, um, and truly from there understood that, um, you know, I, there are many ways to tell stories, um, but telling stories about things that I loved and felt passionate about was a real unlock and a superpower for me. 
And we talk about that a lot, the power of telling a story and the, the power to properly articulate. And I look back at my career and there was a point when I was in American Express and I was on my way out. I'll spare everyone the details, but I learned the art of that elevator pitch, which is really mm. storytelling. And those are pieces that I, you know, I take with me, um, you know, to this day. So fast forward, you know, before you jumped into uh, the world of Chief, four years at Casper, and those are the early days, right? That's like in the, in the beginning there. And you were in a yeah. leadership role as a VP. Talk to us a little bit about some of those lessons learned in the people leadership space that kind of started to be those kernels of what became Chief. Some of those takeaways, yes. some of those things you were observing. So what's funny is when I joined Casper, um, it was it was just the founders. There was five guys, um, a few a few people, and so when I joined, I said, "Can I be you know vice president of communications?" And they kind of looked at each other like, "Yeah, you, you can be whatever you want." There's six Where of us, right? <laughs> like the title doesn't matter. Like we don't care. Just come in and do the job. Um, and so while I started there as vice president. Uh, in name, using like heavy air quotes, um, right. <laughs> I, I really wasn't an actual vice president for a few years. Um, and I don't know, get, let's let's call it three years after I started there, Casper had grown from, you know, a pre-launch, um, let's see what this thing does, Casper.com website, yeah. to a, a ridiculous international powerhouse. And so suddenly, I was the vice president, I was overseeing the PR department, the uh, content department, the social media department. Um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing as a leader. Um, I, I had a, a lot of, you know, I knew what I was doing in terms of telling a story. I was great at doing my job, but doing your job and becoming a real people leader are totally different things. Um, that I was Absolutely. And I was completely unprepared to do that. And so Casper was great. You know, they, they brought in career coaches for everybody that kind of was, went into these leadership roles. Um, but what I suddenly found myself at this inflection point of really needing to um, level up as a leader, I was also at the same time being asked to mentor and to go to coffees with women who were curious about my career and giving advice and speaking on panels. And while all of that is great, I needed support. And that actually became the kernel of what became Chief. My co-founder, Carolyn, was having a somewhat similar experience in her role um, as a head of ops at Handy. And we both realized we were giving so Another much. Startup, right? Exactly. And that we really needed the support. Um, and the, a confidential space to talk about these challenges because you can't really vent to your coworkers. Things get a little political. Um, and as a leader, you really, mm -hmm. exactly. You need to be strong. Um, you need to uh, really um, emanate confidence. And it's hard to do that if you're grappling with challenges. So that's, um, that's what inspired Chief, which is a network of women who are all VP through CEO who can come together and really uh, create a community to support and to um, and to keep one another in power and ensure that we can top down create the ripple effect within our organization to change the face of leadership. That's that's tremendous. Talk to us a little bit about that decision to quit the day job, the quote unquote day job, and go all in, in on chief. Um, I have to only assume that you had incredible support from your husband and your family because that's that's a risk. That's a risk. It'd be calculated risk, but there's financial implications. And I know when I started my business, it's, 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 it sounds so cliche, but following your dreams and following your passion. Talk to us about that time in your life. 
Um, it, it certainly came with the support of my family, of my husband. Um, I, I have, at the time I had one kid, um, and I've made this joke way too many times, but I've never considered myself the world's best mom, but I consider myself an outrageously amazing dad. Um, and I, <laughs> I say that really trying to give myself the forgiveness of not meeting that stereotype of what an incredible mom is, but instead being an incredible co-parent with my husband um, and the support around us to make sure that we parents and have a great relationship with and with our kid um, and now our second kid. Um, so that was certainly the foundation of, of what gave me the um, even ability to take that meeting with my co-founder. Um, and I think after working at startups before Casper, and seeing um, some successes and some failures, I am certainly an out-of-the-box, somewhat anti-authoritarian person. Like, I, I don't love authority. I've always been a bit, like, of um, a, a free thinker. And there was uh, certainly something in me that felt really fascinating and exciting about going out and doing it on my own. Um, I had worked for a lot of people who had come from a place where they could financially do it. Um, I do not have wealthy parents. I do not have a trust fund. Um, my husband no and I- No safety net, no safety net. The, the only safety net we had was certainly like forged together by our own kind of like uh, middle manager jobs. Mm -hmm. So it certainly wasn't um, the easiest decision and one that came with a lot of risk, but um, was it was excited to do it and was excited to to try and to make sure that I could if it worked provide uh, for my for my kid and for my family. Did you have a plan B? Did you have a backup plan? Or were you all in? I was all in. I didn't have a backup plan. <laughs> I should have had a backup plan. No. Uh, but I'm an irresponsible person. Um, <laughs> I felt really confident in my co-founder. She is an operator. We are very different people. I am a creative. I'm a marketer. I'm excitable. Um, and I'm a people person. She has the tenacity, the drive, the uh, business school degree. She's a true operator. And I've seen a lot of CEOs who can sell, who can tell a great story. And when it comes to actually running the business, it's not their forte. Carolyn is the greatest operator I have ever met. And so I had a lot of confidence in her and our relationship to get this done and to build something big. I love it. And, and, and obviously you give a ton of credit uh, to Carolyn in different articles for always being supportive and understanding of your role as a mother while beginning to grow cheap. How, how does that, you know, early support and vision like really set you on that path, you know, to, to build you? I think we had a lot of faith in one another. Um, we are pretty self-aware people. And so um, Carolyn knows what her strengths are. And we came together with very um, a very big delta between our strengths, but a real shared understanding and values. Um, and I find that extremely important as you're bringing people on, as you're hiring, as you're collaborating with people. Um, the differences are so important because I don't, I didn't need another Lindsay. Like I'm plenty of Lindsay. She did right. not need another Carolyn. What <clears throat> we needed in one another was to find something that we both lacked. Um, but having that common value system is, is what unites us and what allows us to really drive forward.
And I love it. And that's such powerful, important advice for so many out there who are startup founders and they're looking to partner with somebody is to have that true yin and yang, right? To have that balance yes. where it's complementary skill sets, but you're aligned in the values. You're aligned in the values there. Um, so folks that don't know, you know, I would love if you could kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and tell us a little bit how the chief network operates and how close you still are aligned to that original vision and plan. Oh my God. It's so funny. Every few months I go back into our uh, seed deck, that pitch that we took around to VCs, made a lot of rejection. Um, and it's pretty spot on. We did not really pivot from our original vision. Um, the vision has always been, let's create a network of women who are VP through CEO. You have to apply to get in to make sure it's vetted. And it's vetted so that when you're joining, you don't, again, become that de facto mentor. You can actually really be selfish and be with people who get it. So it's not that we're trying to exclude anyone. We're really just trying to build something that gives this leader a confidential safe space to normalize these challenges. Um, and as part of the community, the biggest service that we offer is what we call our core groups. So these are our peer groups of 10 members um, similar career stage, meaning we're, we put VPs with VPs, we put, you know, really senior Fortune relatable. 500, C-suite, exactly. So life, life, life stage relatable for those out of, not in the workplace factors. Exactly, exactly. Um, but different roles, functions, industries. So you have a group of people that you meet with once a month with an executive coach in the room who get it. They get what you're going through. They understand the stress, but they have the cognitive diversity. They have the different um, career path to really hold up a mirror and give that diverse perspective as you're going through challenges. So those are our core groups. We also have masterclass workshops from some of the best brains in the business. So Francis Fry, um, Jeffrey Sachs, world-class economists, really addressing the senior leader, um, given how much the world is changing, given how much people need to stay on top of everything, whether it's like the changing economy, whether it's, you know, what the hell is an NFT, all of that, <laughs> we want to make sure that we're developing um, workshops for this senior leader so that she can keep her knife sharp. Uh, we also bring in uh, incredible speakers for a conversation series. Again, our member is used to speaking on panels. She's usually in the conference. Um, and so need to bring in people that impress our members. So Melanie Hobson is coming tonight. We had Issa Rae. Ken Chenault, who's on our board, speaks often. We had Amal Clooney. So a real incredible uh, cast of, of people that, have, that come in um, every few weeks. Uh, and then finally, we have a really uh, incredible tech platform. So the community has instant access to um, community groups, whether that's their shared identity, whether that is you know AAPI at Chief, um, D2C Marketing at Chief, all of the different communities the that come together. Exactly. So sharing knowledge, recommendations, referrals, um, as well as a hiring board and the ability for groups to meet up. And then finally, we actually have a uh, flagship clubhouse in New York, LA, and Chicago. So nice. sprinkled across physical. the country, yep, physical space. They kind of look like hotels without hotel rooms. So lobby bar, conference rooms, spaces for members to meet up. Natural, to bring comfortable in areas to meet and greet. And exactly, exactly. And of course, members are welcome to bring in um, anybody that they'd like, including, of course, including men. We are, do not discriminate. I want to make sure that... Um, as we are welcoming all guests that they align with our vision and our uh, our values of changing the face of leadership. 
it's so interesting because you, you guys came on my radar pretty pretty quickly when you first launched because you were connecting and you were drawing members in from my network. Of, I'm a natural connector, and I started to watch. And I and I'm from the sidelines, I started to see and connect the dots of who you're bringing in in my network. I'm like, yes, yes, 100%. She's awesome. Oh, my God, I can't believe that she's doing this. And then all of a sudden, I look, and there's 38, 38 women that I admire, respect, and it's absolutely um, incredible. Lindsay, where do you see the biggest need and opportunity to support senior-level executive women right now, almost April 1st, 2021? Oh, man, there's a few different areas. I think, first and foremost, our goal is to get more women into boardrooms. Um, there, there is an absolute need to make sure that there is a diversity of voices that are steering the company that are making these massive decisions. So some of the programming that we do, uh, really focuses on not just like how to get on a board, but like really how to level up, how to make sure we go from nonprofit boards into, you know, corporate boardrooms. Um, that's a huge issue that, uh, there is regulation in California, but elsewhere mm -hmm. we want to make sure that women are front and center and being considered for these important independent board roles. Um, I also think that DEI is an important topic in the workplace. So when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we're not just thinking about, yep, we're not just thinking about getting more women into the boardroom. We are really widening the aperture and thinking about intersectional feminism. We are thinking about ageism in the workplace, neurodiversity in the yeah. workplace, and being as inclusive as possible and, and operationalizing what that means, right? So it's not enough just to say, all right, we've, we've taught our executives, we've done the coursework, but what does operationalizing DEI actually mean and how do we see results within different organizations? Actioning on it. And, and you know, you've grown over 3,000 members. How do you look to, you know, they say that there's strength in numbers. How do you look to leverage this critical mass of incredibly impactful, powerful ladies to really influence and affect change? Yeah, and you know we're at a place now, um, March twenty twenty one, where we're over four thousand members from nearly 4, three thousand companies. Yeah, I mean we're growing pretty rapidly. Um, we are now in New York. Oh, I'm going to miss it up. New York, L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, Boston, D.C. We're opening. We have demand. We have a wait list, um, and we're seeing that women really want to come together and move mountains, right? And yeah. it's so much easier to have uh, power in your company when you have these classes, when you have these core groups, where you have a confidential network where you can get advice, where you can get referrals. Um, and people are coming together right now to do incredible things. There's conversations around, a, a, you know, women coming together around a PAC, women coming together around politics, women coming together around um, social justice. There are are there are these groups forming that we are so excited to see what the members are doing and how they're rallying fellow women in their network to move mountains. It's tremendous. And Lindsay, I hope you don't mind me asking, but how does Chief, from, from, from your standpoint, address membership when it comes to maybe transgender folks who want to join the organization, um, who may identify as women? How, how are you guys handling that, if you don't mind sharing? All are welcome to join Chief. So the qualifications we look for have to do with your career and the strength and length and the influence of your career. Um, for us, it is about, do you align with our mission? Do you believe that we should be changing the face of leadership? And all are welcome to join. And kudos to that. And let's talk about motherhood. In an article from Biz Journal for about a month or month into the pandemic last year, you broke down the insane grind that goes into being a full-time founder and a mother all at once. How have things changed for you since then? How have you adapted? 
have things become a little bit more manageable or is it just the organized chaos of day to day that you've learned to adapt and, and live with? I mean, my hair has gone gray. Um, come on. I, <laughs> I, I think parents have been gaslit over the last year to, um, figure out how to make this normal. It's not normal. It's messed up. Um, mm -hmm. I, as a startup founder have, you know, continued to claw at productivity and getting things done. Um, so has my husband who is um, a product manager um, it's it's horrendous I cannot wait for there to be widespread inoculation and for schools to reopen okay. and I hope this really opens up the public's eyes to the importance of social services including school including after school programs um, parental leave everything that we as Americans really do not have and have taken for granted not compared to most uh, first world uh, countries yeah, and you said in that piece, quote, quarantine has revealed how impossible it is to balance childcare with full-time employment. This visibility should inspire respect and positive change uh, to what you just spoke about. Another thing that I've been hearing, I have my ear to the ground when it comes to what's happening out there. And one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of candidates, I'm in the recruitment business, is mindful of productivity and performance. A lot of working parents, men and women, they're concerned that they're being handicapped right now because... They have to balance childcare. Their kids are out of school, and they have, you know, other people in the organization who don't have these challenges. What are you hearing from your side when it comes to performance and productivity and concerns? I mean, yeah, these are, I, most people work for profitable businesses. At the end of the day, you got to be performing, and it's going to be a lot of tough conversations coming out of this pretty soon. Yeah, and I think there is a real reckoning that's going to happen with people who did not have children during the pandemic, who were picking up the slack for parents who did. Um, and so I think we need to be uh, certainly grading on a curve, being really mindful of what performance means in 2020 through 2021, um, and ensuring that we do not uh, penalize parents for having to um, you know, potentially step back in some of their job, given the fact that, you know, nobody signed up for a full-time role at a company expecting school to shut down, right? No. Like that, that's not something that, that anybody wasn't expected. List. Wasn't on the list of things we planned for. So um, I think, you know, it, it needs to be a factor as we think through how we are um, promoting, how we are you know, offering bonuses and raises and um, rethinking what the performance review process looks like is paramount to making sure that we are working within an equitable work environment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and going back to, you know, your, your time with your husband in the last year, um, any really kind of cool, interesting, innovative ways that you have found any parenting hacks, any tricks to, no. you know, just oh keep God. it low and order in your house? <laughs> We, made, we literally made padded fort walls. I mean, we literally just said, all right, our house is going to get trashed. At night, we'll clean it up. We know it's going to happen again. But let's just have, you know, when the kids, we always said, like, like, all right, let the kids trash our den, which is like our sanctuary. And then when they go to bed, we'll clean it up. And it'll, my wife would like candles. You know what I mean? Like, let's give some semblance of, of adulthood. Yeah. No, I have zero tips on how to be a great <laughs> parent. I've learned nothing. I have learned nothing except, you know, there is a, I think as a parent, we just need to be, to be kind to ourselves and to, you know, there are days where I need to just like get drunk in my bathtub and eat cereal and cry and, you know. All at the same time. 
all at the same time. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like drinking wine and like eating Cheerios in my bathtub, the, fully dressed. Um, the beauty of crying. crying in your bathtub. But the beauty of crying in your bathtub is you have a, a, a receptacle for those tears that you can look at and quantify. <laughs> exactly. I could slosh my wine everywhere, and it doesn't matter. Oh my god. So we, I've we, learned. I've learned that you can emote in a tub really well. Yeah. That I can't wait to make a. Um, a quote from this one. It's really going to go far, Lindsay. Um, and all right, so so let's get back to it. So you know, one of your most recent projects, you know, breaking glass ceilings featuring Kamala Harris. Um, yes. I thought it was a really cool execution with the, with the broken glass art, and it seemed like a great moment for the chief network and the brand. Tell us a little bit about how that project came together. Yeah. So one of uh, our founding members. Um, Amani Duncan, who is an incredible, incredible, brilliant executive. I'm so lucky to consider her a friend. Um, she gave me a call and said, Lindsay, I've been working on this project with a brand. The brand actually pulled out. They were nervous about the glass breaking um, right after the, uh, the Capitol building riots. And she, what should I do? Mm. She showed, she showed me, um, what became glass breaker. And she showed me the, the piece of art that was commissioned, um, and I was blown away. And I said, like, how can I, th this is chief. And she's like, I know this is chief. And so mm -hmm. we came together. We um, were so proud to support the project. Um, so proud to, um, to represent through this beautiful portrait made of cracked glass of, of Kamala, the real glass breaking that has occurred through history as we see American women break the glass ceiling um, and collaborate with the uh, American Museum of Women's History as well. So um, a true labor of love. And it was really born out of the chief network that it came to be. So, you know, I, I hats off to Amani, who is, and the team at BBH, they were absolutely incredible. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous campaign. And we were so happy to work with them on it. Yeah. And if anybody hasn't seen that yet, where could they find that? Um, you can actually see the video on chief.com, um, right now. And, uh, you can certainly find it if you go to chief on, uh, LinkedIn as well. So let's go back to, I was about to say election day, but the final decision wasn't on election day, but when, you know, it was announced that Joe and Kamala won, tell us that feeling inside personally, knowing that we were about to have our first female VP. Oh man. I'm sorry. Oh, woman. I was absolutely overwhelmed to see that inauguration day, right? I, th I think it was a very slow roll, this election, the election news, you know, it came in fits and starts. It wasn't a, a big huzzah the way that others have been in the past. Um, but the actual inauguration day for me is when it became real. And to see, to see her swearing in, to see her up there felt like a brilliant, amazing, incredible, uh, just breathtaking moment in time. Um, and it, I think there is some sadness every time you see a step forward. There is sadness in knowing that there are so many more steps to take to reach equality, to reach parity. Um, and I think that certainly contributed to this feeling of, of overwhelming emotion. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Lindsay, what is... It's a buzzword these days, but what does the word authentic mean to you? You know, I agree. It is a buzzword. I hate it. Um, I think somebody, when I think 
authentic, I hear somebody. It is a person. When I hear a brand is authentic, like what? Is, brand can't be authentic. A brand is a Sunday brand. Night. It's a company. It's a it's a it's a product, right? Authenticity starts with people. It starts with being real. It starts with dropping performative bullshit. Um, I have grown in my career and I have recognized that when I try hard and I kind of like try to fake it till you make it, it's really painfully, glaringly obvious that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about and I'm acting. You know? Do you believe, and in, so, do you believe in that? Fake it till you make it? I don't. I don't. Oh, good, good. I'm, okay. I'm, we're, we're, you and I are on the same page now. Okay. I just wanted to No, check I'm the now. person that like, if I don't know what's going on in the meeting, I will raise my hand and say like, I don't know what this acronym means. And chances are, if I don't know, other people don't know either. So I think just being real and being honest and being very transparent about who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, um, that is authenticity. And I don't even think you can start building an authentic brand until you have authentic people working in your organization. And it's a real important value that you hire for. Interesting. You talk, you talk about hiring. Are there a couple of go-to questions that you have, Lindsay, when you're interviewing for folks to join your team? I do this like kind of ask, the, this the clickbait. Yeah. There's a clickbait here to get people to listen to the show. Okay. Anybody who's interviewing a chief or wants to, I'm going to make it some SEO searchable. Uh, Lindsay Kaplan interview questions. There we go. <laughs> I do always ask the superpower question. Um, and even when I'm putting together a JD with my team, we do go to the question of, as we're looking for this person, what do we want the superpower to be? It's really important to know that in advance when you're hiring for a role. I think sometimes people put together a job description and you're looking for a bunch of, um, of, of skills. And I look less for skills you've done. I think that's kind of weeded out. And I really look for the superpower. Is this person incredible at messaging? Is this person a PM powerhouse? Right. So that that is, for me, the most important thing that I look for, um, depending on the role and depending on that fit. Um, I am also really guilty of asking people to stack rank. So I tend to have like, hey, this role does five things. Right. If you were to stack question. rank how you are in these five different areas of the role, uh, how, how do you view yourself? Um, it's such a horrible trick question because sometimes it's a trick question. It, it is. It's, it's a not trick always question, right or wrong answer there. There, I, I think there is a right answer. I think sometimes there's a role that I'm going to give an example that I just hired a head of editorial. She's incredible. And, you know, the trick is for my head of editorial, I'm actually looking for somebody who's incredible at strategy. And I care less about can this person top edit copy. She can. She's great at it. But I needed somebody who said, I am I am a strategic editorial thinker. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you would think that as you're interviewing for an editorial role. Um, so that's, that's a weird go-to for me. And, and, and you asked, so, you know, you ask people with their superpowers, what is your superpower, Lindsay? Bad jokes. Tell us the worst bad joke. Oh my God, there's so many. Um, I, 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 I think are mom jokes are things like dad jokes, like our mom jokes are thing. I don't even know. Well, what I thought they were just bad jokes. They used to be called corny oh, and then dad, 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 dad jokes. stole them. Right. Like I, I, I like puns. I don't know what to say. I, mm. I, I created an entire company where in our style guide, we don't use puns. So, you know, I, I it's a pun free zone. Don't be punny here. It's a right? pun free exactly. zone. Yeah, we're talking about it. bringing women into power. We don't need a lot of puns. Um, yeah, I think for real, my, my superpower is honestly like just being real and no bullshit. 
I, I have a pretty strong mm. radar for bullshit, and it's, a, it's one of my favorite superpowers of mine. That's a big one. And Lindsay, interesting, you know, what would you say to date is your greatest professional accomplishment? Um, <laughs> in March 2021, it's um, only having three nervous breakdowns over the last year. I, would per say. Day. I was about to say per day. Right? <laughs> no, over the course of the last year, I probably only had three, maybe seven, maybe seven. But that's, that's an interesting one. We talk about burnout. We talk about burnout. Burnout's real. Burnout's yeah. real. And um, I can only assume that that's a, a, a big fundamental piece of chief howling, uh, self-care, being aware of, you know, when you're redlining. And like, how, do, how do you keep aware of your, of your mental well-being? How, much wine, know, think... how much wine is left in the bottle? <laughs> actually cut down significantly on drinking um, because you can't drink and work and deal with the kids. Um, I I think burnout's been a big topic at Chief. And so my co-founder and I are acutely aware we're encouraging vacation days. I know that for most people, there's no way to go on vacation. Take the days. And it's important for us as leaders to model that. Um, We have a mental health day on Friday. So in two days from now, we are closing the company. We are shutting down because we need to make sure that people can take time off. It's really actually hard to unplug when you're getting emails and other people are covering for you. So we find that these company-wide days, um, we shut down between Christmas and New Year's. We were basically done December 15th. Right, that's about three weeks that we want the entire company to just take off and unplug together. And so, that's as a leader, pro- productivity, right? Like you see the productivity, people come back refreshed and eager. And when the whole company's off, you can't be like, "Oh shit, I got to catch up on this. I'm missing something. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to lose a step on that. I'm not going to know what's going on. I'm going to be out of the loop." Exactly. So, telling people to take a couple days is really different than saying the whole company we're just shutting it down. Chief is built on supporting women advice and mentorship. What is, Lindsay, the single greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life? Oh my gosh. The single greatest. I would probably have a different answer for you every single day, depending on what the heck is happening. Um, All right. There is no... I'm, I'm terrible at playing favorites. I don't have one notable piece of advice. Well, what um, about today? Well, I think a lot about um, Ken Chanel... Uh, former CEO of Amex, who's on our board. So lucky. I work for him. He's amazing. Um, And he gave a talk to Chief and talked just so much about going to sleep and feeling, though, that you, you, you worked the day, you lived your life feeling good about what you did and going to sleep at peace with knowing that you are on a path that you feel good about. I think about that all the time, just being true to your values and ensuring that um, what you did today drove impact. I'm really terribly misquoting him um, out of context, but um, I, I think a lot about Ken, his moral compass, and how important it is as a leader to really be guided by strong principles. Talk about Ken. I worked for American Express for about 15 months and under Ken, and uh, I had the opportunity to meet him. I had the opportunity to listen to him firsthand in a small group situation setting, and it was just absolutely incredibly inspiring. There's an energy that comes from Ken. Kudos to having Ken on your board there. Um, Lindsay, we talk about, you know, on this show, I want to end on a positive note. We talk about silver linings over the last 13 months. And I'd love if you could share a personal silver lining and a professional silver lining that you've experienced during the pandemic. Yeah, I think the, per- 
personal silver lining was um, spending time um, with my kids. So I have clearly worked a ton. And I think the last year I would have been traveling and having late meetings and probably have gone, you know, days, weeks without seeing my kids. And um, I never went back to work after I had my second one, who's, who's now one and change. I went straight from uh, maternity leave into COVID. And so it's been a real silver lining to be home with my kids um, and to, in between meetings, see how cute they are and to, uh, you know, yeah, take some Instagrams midday. That's fun. Um, I think professionally, it's been um, a silver lining to to have ripped the in-person experience away from us. And it made us um, think about digital in a way that I don't think we would have been ready to do for another 24 months. Um, so the, the pivot that we made was on the roadmap. Uh, it was there. Accelerated um, the innovation. But it was absolutely an accelerant and one that I think was extraordinarily powerful as we think about community and as we think about the way that we can democratize access to networking. Tremendous. And last but not least, Lindsay, you look back on your life and your career and you look about those times where you really had to dig down deep and you were maybe lost, you lost focus, and you needed to pull yourself up and harness that inner tenacity to drive yourself forward. Mm. And on the other side of that, when you look back now, your two beautiful kids, this amazing company that you and Carolyn have created, the change, the positive impact that you're making, and you want to show gratitude. Lindsay Kaplan, what is your North Star? Uh, my North Star is, is impact. So if I, can, if I can impact other people, if I can create an impactful organization for the people who have joined Chief, on the team side, our guides, our members, um, if I can impact positively my own family, um, that is what I drive towards and that is my North Star. I love it. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insight. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. I'm gonna uh, take off because I have a date with a bottle of whiskey in my bathtub. Cool. Hang with me for one moment here as I sign off and keep that browser open. Just hang with me for one moment here. I appreciate it. For more on Chief, please visit chief.com. Where can folks find you if they want to connect with you directly? I am, I am loving LinkedIn. Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn Great. or follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm uh, Lindsay Cap on Twitter. That's awesome. And to everyone listening at home in the car, hopefully going for a walk, walking your kids, walking the dog, thank you for joining us on the podcast. You can find us on the podcast.com. Follow us on all the social media channels. If you love what you're hearing, please share, leave a review, a ranking. It goes a really long way. Remember, take care of each other. Stay six feet up. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon. Jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>